You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back in to Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? I'm quite fine. Thank you for asking. I ask every single podcast. Um, you, I asked you a minute ago because I, I got in this Uber conference waiting room waiting on you, and then you were late, so I got out, and you got in, and I got back in, and finally we're doing this. And you said, yeah, I was moving boxes, um, and I didn't think that – I thought that would make poor radio, and I said it would. It would still be better than our normal podcast, but it wouldn't make for general <laughs> poor radio. I did literally consider getting on and then loading the boxes – and contemplated in my head whether that would be funny or not, and then went with, no, that's not funny. So We do have a little game on this podcast where it's like, guess the sound Jimmy is making. (laughs) Guess what what Jimmy's doing when he's supposed to be focusing on the podcast call. That's right. Yes. We do that occasionally. Uh, Jimmy, um, we will unfortunately not be talking about the Alabama issue game, not because we didn't win or we didn't. We don't know. This is uh, Tuesday night. And so because you would know if we tried to tell you that that we knew about the game, that we'd be lying because we hadn't talked about the game, we're just going to be upfront and honest and say this podcast was cut before the game. So we will have our LSU-Bama basketball reaction on Thursday's podcast. Right. Yeah, it's the right thing to do. And besides, there's so much football stuff to talk about. It's, I mean, so I, I think focusing on a football-only podcast is a great idea. Lots of football news in terms of personnel and coaching and what's the roster going to look like. And, hey, I haven't stopped celebrating the fact that we probably just put the best college football team of all time on the field this year, winning a national championship easily. Uh, I'm not done celebrating just yet. No, I'm with you on that. Um that's a good point. But I do think we could talk about a few other things. Like uh, we, we had a whole segment called Should They Stay or Should They Go the other day, and I don't think we talked about any of them that are going. We talked about potentially Herb Jones coming back if he wanted to. But um, anyway, um, most everybody has made their decisions known, and um, it seems like Brian Robinson will be coming back, which was certainly uh, predicted by many folks. But I find it interesting nonetheless. He's one of the more intriguing ones coming back. Chris Owens is coming back. Um, who else is coming back? Jimmy Josh Job's coming back. Who else? Well, Chris Owens and Brian Robinson are coming back as seniors. That's what makes that incredibly interesting because those aren't guys that normally have decisions to make. Usually the decisions are all guys that are juniors and eligibility. Here's uh, Chris yeah. Owens and Brian Robinson, among others, who are seniors, but due to COVID, can take advantage of what I I refer to as the COVID free eligibility rule. And uh, they're returning, even though they've already played four seasons of football at Alabama and they're returning anyway. And uh, I think it's great. Of course it's great because they're both good players. They're both guys who played with the first team in games that mattered. So in in essence, they're returning starters, but but if they coming back is great news and huge news and can only make the team better, but neither are sure 
surefire starters or surefire guys that will be among the very best players on the team. I, I think both still have a lot to prove, and that's why they're coming back. But uh, we should be thrilled they're coming back, no doubt. But uh, will they be the actual first-team guys uh, in terms of, you know, guys that play the first snap of, of every game? Uh, I think that's up in the air with those two. Oh, I definitely think it's up in the air. Uh, could, that's, that was going to be my question was, can Brian Robinson – have a oh I, I he's not going to have a Najee Harris type season. Could he have a season as good as say um I don't know Mark Ingram? And you know it's it that sounds so stupid to say because Mark Ingram won a national championship. But times have changed, my friend, and now things are different. And we also play uh what is it two more games than no it's just one more game. One more game than we played uh when Ingram went uh, mm-hmm. 14 and 0. So, you know, it's not crazy to say that Alabama's lead back could get about 1600 yards. Um I just don't think Brian Robinson can get 1600 yards. I no, I guess the better great, question is I think it's going to be the funnest question, one of the fun things to ask all year long. We know he's good. I mean, I'll be honest, I'm a big fan. I'm happy he came back. We should all be happy he came back because he's proven he's good. He was a first team player this year and by that People get confused because he doesn't play the first snaps. Like, Jimmy's not a first-team player. He didn't play the first snap of the game. That was always Najee. Yes, but Brian Robinson played every game with the first team. It was not garbage time when Brian Robinson came in. We're still trying to win the game, and he's playing with Mac Jones and the five offensive linemen. He's playing with the first team. So, to me, he's a first-team player. Now, that's one thing. Now, the second question is, which is right up the tree that you're you're barking up, which is this. Has Brian Robinson proved that he can be somebody that we would call a first-team all-SEC running back? And the answer is no. I, I, I don't think that Brian has shown that he's great. I think Brian has shown that he's good, which is, which is why we should be happy he's back. But has he been great? No. So he needs to improve and get better and make the same sort of leap Najee did. You know, Najee got better between his junior and senior year, and I think Brian needs to get better between his fourth and his fifth year. And if so, then, yeah, he'll be that bell cow guy. But to this point, I think Brian has only proven he can be part of a committee. So I think the question to challenge this kid is this. Do you want to, did you come back to be part of a committee, or did you come back to be the bell cow? And let's find out. I'm going to go ahead and tell you my wish for Brian Robinson is this. he I don't want him to be the starter. Not That's not uh, a shot at him. I don't want him to be a starter because I think one of these other guys is more explosive, like a Jace McClellan, like a uh, Roydale Williams, like a Kamar Wheaton, uh, definitely a Keelan Robinson. I think they're all more explosive. Okay? Now, I want Brian Robinson to be the second back in, no matter who the first back is. Because you're going to somebody's going to you know the, be this the speedier guy, and you're going to be like, oh good, they're bringing the backup. Oh shit, their backup is 24 years old, and he's mad. <laughs> I like it. No, no, and I, I agree totally. That's a great way to look at it. And, and if he is, he shouldn't consider it a mistake. I'm sure Brian is coming back because he wants the Naji role. I'm sure that's the reason. And that would be fantastic if you become that guy. I would just admit with you that I, we haven't seen that out of him yet. 
that. Uh, but I do think he has some untapped potential, and I'm curious to see what he looks like. And by the way, I, I think he took to the coaching really well last year, and I think he likes these strength guys, and, and he was sort of a beast physically. I, I think he's a beast physically. I, I think he's really tapped into Dr. Ray and, and, and Matt Ballou. And uh, now I'm excited that Brian's back. And, and if, if he can't beat out Trey or McClellan uh, or if he's just part of a committee, that's fine, too. I'll just say this: Brian Robinson is going to help us win football games. He'll help us win the games. Jimmy, let me tell everybody about Built Bar. Built Bar, of course, longtime sponsor of all things Locked On. And they've got 18 delicious flavors, and they sent us a variety box. And I've been scarfing those mothers down like they have the antidote in them. I'm telling you, like they have the COVID vaccine in them. That's how I've been eating those. I'm not kidding. I love them. Um, the carrot cakes are still my favorite. But I tried this lemon almond cheesecake today, and I was just like, I, I didn't even want any of the chocolate to fall on my desk. I was licking my desk. They were like, what the hell are you doing? I was like, y'all shut up. Try. I would give you one of these bars, but I can't. I'm, I've got to save them because they're so good. And it's, you got to go try caramel brownie or cookies and cream, cherry barcia, coconut almond, raspberry. They got 18 flavors of these mothers and they're all awesome. It's built for the health conscious guy. It's good to help you lose or maintain weight. You know, sometimes you might be skinny enough. You know, you might be. I don't know what that's like. Jimmy doesn't know what that's like, but you might be skinny enough. And uh, they're high protein, high fiber, uh, great for a keto diet. 19 grams of protein, dude. Five grams of sugar. That's, that's I ate the banana bread one just this morning, the banana bread. Oh, man. Oh, good stuff. Knock good your stuff. damn socks right off. I didn't um, even care that it was healthy or not, which is good. Well, that's the thing. You have to feed me stuff. That's healthy, but that has that that I don't know is healthy. That's the way I like to eat. Um, and Built Bar is that way. I mean, you know, initially you're like, ah, oh, healthy, okay, I'll do it. But then you see all that chocolate, and you're like, oh hell yeah! And then you take a bite inside, and it's so it's kind of chewy and gooey, and it's it's chewy. just awesome. I mean, it's really good. So go check out Built Bar, builtbar.com, and uh, tell about them. Tell them you heard about them on the uh, Locked On Family Networks by using the promo code Locked On and get twenty percent off that order. Jimmy, um, we can talk about some of the other guys coming back. Well, let's just sort of space that out. I mean, I can't really do a whole segment on Chris Owens. I love him, but it's hard to do a whole segment on an offensive lineman unless that lineman is, you know, a, a superstar. Um, and Chris Owens is a very, very, very good player, but I, you know, he's not he's not to the uh, three team all. I mean, uh, three year All American list yet. So um, we'll talk about him later, or Josh Job later, or something like that. One thing I, I found interesting, um, the Senior Bowl, uh, down there in your neck of the woods, they're going to have uh, Mac Jones and they're going to have Devontae Smith. Now, you know, on at first glance, I thought, okay, maybe they're just getting into the Senior Bowl and they may not play, but they're taking the invite to sort of get their name out there and then, you know, they'll get a, a some sort of slight ankle sprain that'll keep them from the game. Just go in there and do interviews or whatever. Well, you know, they're not having the combine this year. And they're right. not doing a couple of other things that the NFL normally does. So maybe they're like, you know, this is my chance. And here's the thing. I've seen Devontae go anywhere from number three in the draft to number 18 in the draft. He's a steal at 18. Number three, okay. I mean, I I buy it. But, I mean, if if I'm just putting my NFL glasses on, I'm like, that, that seems a little high. But you know what? I can see it. Um, and Mac Jones the same way. I saw him in a mock draft today going four. Number 
four. You heard me, four. So, but now most mock drafts don't have him that high. But maybe if he shows out at the senior bowl, he is that second or third quarterback off the board, which would probably make him around number four. That's right. I, I love Mac's decision to play in the Senior Bowl. So many guys, uh, I say so many, so, some pass. Uh, I love that Mac's playing uh, because Mac can move up. I mean, he's a guy that can move up, and there's legitimate questions. Hey, look, it, it's sort of like, here's what's kind of funny to me. I, I want everybody to think of it this way. This is kind of fun. You know, how good of an O.C. a Sark? Yes, we set every record. Yes, it was one of the great offenses in college football history, but look at the dudes. Okay, so how good is Mac? Well, look at the numbers. He he himself, the all-time highest QBR in college football history since they invented the metric. He must be unbelievable, right? But the negative is, well, I don't know. Look at the dudes. It's sort of like Mac and Sark facing the same questions. Like, well, really, how good are these guys? Because look who they're playing with. Well, the same thing can be said of the offensive lineman at Alabama, you know, that won the Joe Moore Award. Well, maybe it helps them that they have a great running back in Najee and a great quarterback in Mac and big-time wide receivers, and, you know, and it all it all worked together. But I guess my point is this. Even though Mac just put a season together that I would say is one of the great quarterback seasons in college football history, there are legitimate questions about Mac for two reasons. Number one, his supporting cast was unreal. So, really, how good is he? And B... Most first-round quarterbacks are what the scouts call toolsy. And by that, what they mean by toolsy is they have unbelievable tools. They have a huge Patrick Mahomes arm, or they have legs like Michael Vick, or they have great size like Ben Roethlisberger, or they have shocking arm strength and athleticism like an Andrew Luck. But Mac really has none of those things. Mac's not toolsy at all. He's not particularly athletic. He can't even slide. He does have a good arm, but he doesn't have a plus arm. He's going to have a bad 40 time, not a good 40 time. Uh, Mac is not big. He's not small, but he's not big. So Mac is not like a typical first round pick who has tools like a Lamar Jackson or a Mahomes. Mac is more like Tom Brady. And yeah, I mean that as a compliment because Tom Brady's the GOAT. But Tom Brady also went in round six. You know why? Because Tom Brady's not toolsy. He didn't have any of these tools that I'm talking about. But he ended up being the greatest quarterback of all time. And I think Mac will go in the first round without being toolsy because Mac showed a lot of Tom Brady-ish stuff when he was at Alabama. Well, a few things uh, that uh, I gleaned from what you just uh, diatribed, if that's a word. Um, Number one, if there's anybody who knows about being a tool, it's you. (laughs) Number two, number two, I love how you started out with, uh, okay, Luke, a few things here. Number one, this. And then B, you went from numbers to letters. I I, I did like that. I think you did, yes. I got very excited. I mean, that, that's what happens when I get excited. I'm a toolsy <laughs> podcaster. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, but, yeah, so, I, I mean, I think it's a great decision for him to play. I don't think there's any doubt about it. Um, the number one thing that he needs the to The other four told, guys aren't playing. The other four guys aren't playing. There, there, there's no Trevor here. 
There's no Zach Wilson here. There's no Justin Fields here. There's no Trey Lance here. Mac is here. Why, why uh, wouldn't Trey Lance go? Uh, I think because FCS is playing their 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 football this spring. And I assume Trey Lance is ah, playing. I've been forgetting to look that up, but I, I guess Trey Lance is playing games this spring. How about that for a precedent? And I'm not sure he is. No, he, he skipped out. Surely the Jesus. No, there's no way, right? If I there's was no him, way. I would I would skip playing and just train. Exactly. He can't, he can't play in the senior bowl because he's not a senior. Uh and neither could yeah, okay, that's... now Trevor. The rules are for people who don't know, because they've changed the rules over the years. You can play in the Senior Bowl if you just completed your athletic senior year, meaning your fourth year playing football, or if you are athletically a junior, you can still play if you have already graduated. Hmm. So, so players who had graduated in December or earlier, uh, you can still play in the Senior Bowl even if athletically you had another year or two, uh, but you have to have graduated from your college to play so lance wouldn't be eligible uh but for instance trevor lawrence would have been eligible because he is a graduate of clemson even though and justin fields uh i don't think he's graduated from ohio state so he he wouldn't be eligible zach wilson is eligible but not here to my to my knowledge but some people have zach going in the top five so i get that uh and we'll talk about this in a second i'm trying to get more information about this but a couple of alabama guys who aren't here for the Senior Bowl that's sort of interesting, uh, Dylan Moses and Najee Harris. So I'm assuming those two turned down invitations. I'm assuming that. I don't know that, but I'm assuming. Well, I did see where Dylan Moses, he, he tweeted out the agency he signed with or whatever. Um, not Dylan Moses, Najee Harris. Um, Najee. But anyway, uh yeah, so I'm assuming also one of the things that you guys, or I don't know if you're involved or you're probably but somebody will teach Mac Jones how to slide, damn it. <laughs> well, it won't be me. Uh, he is but, training but at uh, QB deal? Country. You I think it is a big deal. And no, no but and it's I, a I big told deal. you, and I told you, I think uh, this morning and, and some other guys that I, I'm going to suggest, even though it's a silly idea, but but we, we learned how to slide in baseball at South Alabama camp on those slip and slides. And, and A, of course, that's fun when you're a kid, but B, it makes a lot of sense because you can slide over and over and over and over again and not hurt yourself. And and it's the same exact slide. So really, uh, I don't think it's a bad idea to, to work on it, but I would suggest the slip and slide because you don't want to literally practice sliding. Uh, you're going to hurt yourself if you do that. But on the slip and slide, it's just fun. And uh, But it's literally a way to learn that. So uh, it's, I'm half joking, but it's, it's really not a terrible idea. You know, it's so funny too, because I think, Sliding was probably the closest Mac Jones came to hurting himself all year outside. He took a huge shot against um, against Missouri. I, I do remember that. And I remember thinking, hey, I'm proud of him for taking that shot. He was on the, one of the touchdown passes to Waddle. And, uh, but, you know, outside of that, I mean, the, the offensive line kept him pretty damn upright. I mean, he was – That's right. You know, he did – you remember that shot Jake Coker took against uh, Georgia when he completed the long pass to um to to Calvin Ridley for the touchdown that you know basically just you know just ended everything. You remember that? Uh, yeah, I do, I do, I do. And Jake Coker got up and sort of pumped his fist and all that. You know, Mac never outside of, outside of that. I don't remember his having a 
you know, getting a, a hard shot. So that's the thing. He's going to have to learn to slide in the NFL. It is crucial to slide. Crucial. I mean, that you are the most protected you can be on a football field in, as an NFL quarterback, and you have to know how to slide because if you go head first, you're going to get drilled or possibly get hurt yep. or, or do something like Patrick Mahomes did almost this weekend, ironically, at the hands of uh, Mac Wilson. Jimmy, let me go ahead and uh, take another break here. We'll tell everybody about betonline.ag. Betonline.ag is where you want to go. I hope you bet, put money on the – insert Alabama or LSU team last night. Uh, I'm not sure which one covered. I just hope you picked the right one. I'm hoping it also it was Alabama. Um, but betonline.ag, you can use promo code Locked On. That's all one word for your 50% welcome bonus. There's only one place that has you covered, one place that the Locked On family of networks uh, trust. That's betonline.ag. They have all the top games. You can bet on practically anything. You can play poker. You can play blackjack. You can play roulette. You can play a bunch of other games I don't know about. You can play all these, like, video poker and whatever. I mean, whatever you like to do, man, I'm not going to judge you, and they don't judge you either. They will just accept your wager and then pay you out accordingly. It's easy to pay. It's easy to get paid. That's the that's the big deal. You will want it to be easy to get paid. It's easy to get paid to bet online. All right, Jimmy, um, anything else just in the world of Alabama basketball or not Alabama basketball, Alabama athletics, Alabama football in general out there? Well, there's some rumors. Uh, I I guess we can't confirm or deny, but uh, I happen to know from inside that there was a good possibility this is going to happen. But there's rumors that instead of Jeff Stoutland being hired to coach the offensive line, it's more likely to be Doug Marone. who's a close personal friend of Bill O'Brien's hmm. and would be an excellent hire. I mean, excellent. I mean, he is a really good offensive line coach. That's how he rose in the coaching ranks because he's so good at coaching the offensive line, eventually becoming a head coach in college at Syracuse and two different head coaching jobs in the NFL. And Alabama is just unbelievable. Nick Saban, unbelievable to, to, to make two hires onto the offensive staff of guys that were NFL head coaches in 2020. <laughs> I mean, that's I nuts. You know, funny. There was a funny post, a Tennessee guy posted, you know, this is the difference between Alabama and Tennessee. Tennessee was just talking about potentially hiring Doug Marone as their head coach. Alabama is like, eh, you know, maybe he'll make a good offensive line coach. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly he's right. Is the the guy's literally qualified to be our head coach? So is Bill O'Brien. Oh, definitely. I mean, these guys are qualified to be Alabama's head coach, and certainly head coaches somewhere else. And just goes to show the power of Alabama football these days. Now, here's here's the downside, and uh, you know, nothing negative. I'm I'm a hundred and ten percent in favor of Bill O'Brien and, and Doug Marone. Hundred and ten percent, but. But here's here's the question. Are they hungry? Hey, you know, being being a college assistant coach is harder than being a head coach because you have to work around the clock to please your boss. And because of recruiting, the NFL has no recruiting in in college. You sort of have to recruit around the clock, 365 days a year. And that's expected of you at Alabama. And and you're coaching these kids. You're, You're you're you know, and. 
I'm sure Bill O'Brien and Doug Marone want to be head coaches again. I'm sure they do. And, but, but to do their jobs at Alabama and the roles they'll have at Alabama is, is a lunch pail thing. It's a lunch pail thing. It's a punch in a clock thing. And, and they have to make the transition and do it happily uh, all the while working for Nick Saban. And that is not to say these are reasons not to hire those guys. I'm just saying, of course, there's questions about everything in life. And, and, and with those guys, the question is, okay, you know, are you fired up about this position that you're taking? Are you fired up about this? Because you have to be for it to work. But, but my guess is they are because they know uh, Nick Saban and they know each other and they know exactly what they're getting into. So I'm really confident that the answer to that stuff is all yes. But, uh, but those are the questions, right? I think those are the questions. I think that's a good point. Um, and you're absolutely right. I mean, they do have to be hungry uh, to to coach at Alabama because you do have to recruit. I mean, that's the whole thing um, is we're getting the, the guys in there. Now, I mean, yeah, you've got to coach them too. I mean, I get so tired of the whole argument about, you know, oh, Nick Saban just throws a bunch of five stars out there. It's, man, the, the managing egos thing is the toughest thing Nick Saban does to me, but that's a whole other podcast. Jimmy, I do want to talk about this too, the Jeremy Pruitt situation. That is stinky bodinky. I mean, wow. Has Tennessee screwed this up so badly? I tried to put it in our text chain that a bunch of our friends are on, and I tried to think of it this way, like, okay, so Tennessee had a coach that was kind of dated, that obsessed over Alabama so much, that getting them in trouble so much, that it eventually kind of overtook him, it seemed like, in Fulmer. And then he, they eventually had to let him go, or he left, or whatever. But some somehow he got out of there. And then they went with a coach that was, oh, my goodness, uh, kind of a flip dick. Then they went with a coach that was only there a year. Then they went with another coach that was actually doing pretty good for him, but just not good enough relative to the rest of the SEC. Then they have, then they hired this guy, this Jeremy Pruitt, who was their sixth choice. And the guy that they fired initially is back as the AD. And he apparently is has helped conspire to get the new coach fired. And meanwhile, he's retired himself in a very fishy situation. And now Tennessee, nobody knows what the hell they're doing. And there's actually called Jason Witten may be their head coach. Jason Witten. That would be great. It would be fantastic. That would be great. For everybody uh, As an Alabama Tennessee. fan, I hope so. Oh, God. As an Alabama amazing. fan, I hope so. Even if, 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 if it wasn't Witten, even if it was Peyton Manning, who, who, by the way, I'd probably vote for to be president. I'm not, I'm not kidding. I'm not even making a political statement. I'm just saying I'd probably vote for Peyton to be president. He's smart as hell. And he's in charge. And he's likable. And, 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 and someone you can trust. And. That's why he'll never be but, president. That's why. <laughs> exactly. But what I'm saying is an Alabama. I, I think Jason Witten's a great guy. Jason Witten's a great guy. He, he, he might be the best or second best. Or he's on the short list of the greatest tight ends that ever played the sport. And he's a great guy. And he's smart. And I hope, like hell, he's Tennessee's head coach next year. I mean, just because you, you can't do that job off the street. I know you'd say, you're crazy. Witten's not off the street. He's been playing football his whole life. Yeah, he's been playing football his whole life. Uh, it's just nuts to suggest that someone like him could run a college football. You know, look, 
of all of Saban's traits, and there's about a hundred of them that make him the best college football coach of all time, but the best trait is Nick Saban is the CEO of a giant corporation called Alabama Football. And, and, and Jason Witten has no experience doing that. None. Can he draw up plays on the grease board? Yeah. Can he can he talk a, a, a good game and talk a few guys into maybe signing with Tennessee? Yeah, is he a good guy that'll be good at the meetings and tell good stories? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he is just not qualified for no. that job. No way, no how. He's just not. I, uh, I think the better. And way I would say the same take... thing about any Alabama great that's never played either. Mark Ingram's not going to be our head coach ever until he's put in his time as an assistant or, and then then as a coordinator. I think the better way to put it is say Saban is the CEO of Charmin. He's the CEO of of the whole corporation, international. If they send toilet paper to the moon, Saban knows about it. He's Jason Witten walks into a convenience store, goes door to door with a bag full of leaves. He balls up and says, this is just as good as Charmin. It's not. (laughs) Wiping your ass with leaves is not as good as Charmin. (laughs) And now he might be a good salesman and somebody might buy into it because it's going to be a lot cheaper, but there's going to be few and far between. Yeah, uh, just Tennessee is dysfunctional, but let me, I'm going to, I'm going to defend Jeremy to, to some extent. Yeah, I get a little, I mean, I, of, course, of course I do. Jeremy's one of us. He's one of our guys. And while history may prove he may be guilty of something, or maybe at minimum guilty of a lack of oversight that he is supposed to have. This is what I think is going to happen. I think history is going to prove that there was a tremendous rush to judgment spearheaded by people who just did not believe in Jeremy Pruitt as their head coach. And they rushed to judgment before they had all their ducks in a row, which led to some very bad decisions. So by Tennessee, and I, I think it's going to get uglier before it gets better. And 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 here's the good thing: if you're an Alabama fan and all you care about is one thing, and, and which is is Tennessee a competitor of Alabama's, not for the next four or five years or not? No, because they're going to flounder because of how this was handled. And and for all the critic, what 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 I've been reading that that bothers me, Luke, uh, is defending Jeremy. Is this this? I've enjoyed the columns by Pat Forty and Pete Thamel and Stewie Mandel and and and, and everybody that's piling on Tennessee. That that's Stewie? been fun. You're calling him Stewie. I, I called him Stewie. They yeah, like we're pals. He's responded to me on Twitter, so so we're pals. That's the way I'm, he's responded to me a few times. I think he's about to block you now that you've called him Stewie, though. I mean, <laughs> like, Dems is blocking hey, words. He never should have responded to me on Twitter if he didn't want me to refer to him as my good friend Stewie Mandel. <laughs> And uh, so, so I've been so I've enjoyed them piling on. But one thing they've gone overboard on is, is the how crappy Jeremy was at Tennessee. Let me remind everyone that Jeremy inherited a mess and his first year. They were a mess, but they were also a mess that did what? They beat Auburn in Auburn. That, yep. that was not the administration had shown they could do or did. And then his recruiting class was ranked higher than what the previous administration been able to do. And they thought they might be better in year two. And guess what they were? They, they didn't have an awesome record, but they ended the year on a, a long winning streak, which is something they had not done in years. 
And after that second year, which they had clearly improved over year one, there was some talk that they might, might even be preseason top 25 for the first time in a while, and they were. So going into this year, they were preseason top 25. He had improved them every year they had been here. They looked good in week one. They looked good in week two. And week three, as 2-0, they led Georgia at the half. Okay. Now, they didn't hold on, and they lost to a better Georgia team. That's right. But I don't know the shame in that. The shame that happened was they lost six or seven games in a row after that, and many of them were non-competitive. And that's when a lot of people jumped off the ship. But what those people maybe didn't know because you couldn't publicize it was they had massive COVID issues, massive. They were practicing during the week sometimes with just 40 kids, and that's all mm-hmm. they had. Tennessee was holding it together with duct, duct tape and bailing wire and losing those games because they were racked by COVID, which is beyond Jeremy's control. And it was that six or seven game losing streak that doomed him and had all the Tennessee fans jumping off ship, including the ones that wanted Jeremy out at the end, blaming Jeremy for not building a competitive team while racked by COVID. Because up until that point, Maybe it wasn't a rocket ship taken off into the night, but up until week three of this year, he had improved their program. It was the losing streak this year that made all the Tennessee boosters and fans that turned him in turn on him, and I just think it's tremendously unfair to portray Jeremy's era at Tennessee as a total failure it is in light of the NCA problem, sure. But in terms of on the field, they were improving until racked by COVID. So I think there's some quick historical revisionism going on, and it's been a little unfair. And I honestly believe this is Jeremy actually, I think, on the field, did a good job of improving Tennessee and coaching that program. All right, buddy. We'll talk about this as develops keep uh, developments keep coming out. I mean, this is it's bananas stuff, man. So uh, we'll talk about that later. But for now, roll tide and roll tide basketball. Roll tide. That was why. Let's do that again. I'm going to keep it in the podcast, but let's do it again. You should not have that <laughs> delay. Roll tide and roll tide basketball. Roll tide. You son of a bitch. Uh, was that better? Was it better? I was no, trying to it was give a, a lot worse. I just did. It was worse? I was trying I to give a legitimate enthusiastic roll tide there. So I don't, there, there's a pause there? I'm doing a pause. No, I'm saying don't do the pause. It makes it, I think people think the podcast is over and they don't get to hear you roll tide. And I feel like that's important for them to hear that from you. Okay. Roll tide. Well, let's do it again. Roll tide. I just did. Roll tide. Oh, I, I, okay. Roll tight. God damn it. <laughs> I'm still not I mean, doing it right. Like, if the three stooges had a podcast, they'd be like, you guys suck. So there needs to be a pause and then roll tight. Or am I doing no, it too no fast? No, pause. I'm saying, I'm saying like it's a normal conversation. Okay. It's weird when you pause. Okay, no pause. You ready? Let's do it. All right. So roll tight. Roll tight. God damn it. Get it. War Eagle. I don't care. <laughs> that, that, that was as fast as it could be said. That was auctioneer fast. 
That's as fast as I could say it after. And now after, your phone's after, messing up. I can't hear no, you. No, that could be. I'm, no, that could be the case. I'm not changing any of this. You know. <laughs> I'm not sure any of it should right, be changing. We said roll everybody. tide several times. Roll tide. Damn it. <laughs> I'm not even sure. I think I'm talking to you on a 15 second delay. <laughs> that might be a phone thing. Am I? It could be. It could be. All right. Let's just go with that. Right. Let's beat LSU tonight. All right, hang okay. on. Don't don't say anything till I say roll tide. Then you say it almost immediately. Ready? Roll tide. Roll tide. Oh Jesus. Okay. <laughs> that was fast. I mean, that was fast. That was lightning. You fast. know what this was like? You know what this whole thing was like when um <laughs> when they were trying to teach uh Rainier Wolfcastle on the Simpsons how to say up and at them. <laughs> Like uh, Radioactive Man, because he was playing Radioactive Man. They say, no, you say up and at them. He goes, up and at them. No, up and at them. Up and at them. Up and at them. Up and at them. And the guy goes, that's better. Just screw it. You know? It'd be a real shame after 32 years of uh, uh, 32 years of Alabama fandom that, that I, I don't get the roll tide right. I mean, it's 32 oh, years. This is a 30-minute podcast, and the last eight minutes are me trying to get you to do Roll Tide right. <laughs> You're the most connected Alabama fan I know. <laughs> well, we don't, you, we don't say Roll Tide. Else. Hey, when I talk to my inside sources, we don't end the conversation with Roll Tide. I know. We end the conversation That's with the problem. being recorded. You haven't said You're it not, enough. We end it with, you're not using this on the podcast tonight, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Roll Tide, everybody. Roll Tide. Much better.